0: My name is Julie Turney, and this is the HR Sound Off Podcast Show, the show created for HR and business professionals to discuss pertinent topics and trends as it relates to our professions. We're going to have amazing conversations with HR professionals from all over the world, get to learn their origin stories. How did they get into this profession? What did they love about being here? and how they want to set the record straight on that one misconception that really drives them crazy about our profession. Are you ready? I'm ready. Then let's sound off. Hi everyone and welcome to today's episode of the HR Sound Off podcast show. I hope that you're doing well and that you're having a great day And wherever you are listening to this podcast show, know that you are appreciated as an HR professional. Fully support you, and I'm here cheering you on. You know that the HR Sound Off podcast show is created by an HR professional for HR professionals, magnifying HR voices. And today I am magnifying the voice of one of my favorite people. I can't even tell you where we began, I just know. That I have admired and had respect for Tersa Hall for as long as I could remember seeing her in her space. And it is an honour and a privilege to actually sit here today to be able to have a conversation with her.
1: Tersa, hello. Hello. Aww, Welcome. That's so sweet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hi, everybody. It's so great to be here. I'm so excited that we finally got this opportunity. Yes, it's, it's been
0: too long.
1: We've, yeah. been, we've been trying to do this for a while,
0: and yes. life has been lifing.
1: Yes. But and whoever's are. watching this, you are here for a specific design purpose today. And so the stars a aligned for you to watch this today. And so take everything that is to come from this mm-hmm. experience, because it's destiny, because we finally got this happening. We
0: finally got
1: this happening.
0: We are here and this is happening today. So let's start the conversation off by introducing yourself to our beautiful audience. Tell them who is Tersa Hall and what is your HR story how did you get here
1: (laughs) okay well hi everybody again Uh, my name is Tiersa Hall I am originally from a small beautiful group of islands called the Turks and Caicos so Mm -hmm. I grew up on an island really small seven miles long three miles wide (laughs) and I am currently a owner of impactful imprints training and consulting so I do HR and culture consulting. I do training and development, team building. I'm also a certified master trainer. So all of my work is centered around employees and people-centric work, which is important in today's time. And I truly believe that, you know, from an HR's perspective, running into that, all of these things are aligned into my purpose and why I'm here. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what I do now. Now, my HR story is very interesting because ever since I was a little girl, I would always be that person trying to mediate two people, trying to get them to get along, trying to mm-hmm. represent people who were not speaking up for themselves or couldn't do it so well. And so I thought I had a career in law. law. So I thought I was supposed to be a lawyer, right? And that's what everyone would tell me. You can be a little lawyer one day. And so I still couldn't decide what I wanted to do in college. And when I was finishing my general associate's degree, general, because I still didn't know what I wanted to do, do. (laughs) I... um went to the University of Miami, and I did my bachelor's degree, actually, in international studies with a concentration in tourism. And in my last class of the semester, I did a course on organizational behavior, and -hmm. they said that HR is all about the people. Mm -hmm. And that's when the light bulb just turned up, Bing! This is me. Like, that Mm -hmm. entire course was just everything that I embodied and why was the way I was. And so it's like, when you connect with your purpose in that way, it's a beautiful thing. And so, yeah, I decided that's what i wanted to do it was too late to make that a bachelor's degree so i did my master's degree in hr management mm-hmm. and at the age of 21 i was able to start my first hr manager role so i jumped wow. right into hr shout out to the Harlan group because they gave me an opportunity at the age of 21 mm-hmm. and i started as an hr manager and i literally had the creativity and the exposure to start applying everything I learned. And wow. they took and respected me as an expert and allowed me to do that. You have no idea how empowering that can be. Absolutely. HR, Especially an for an HR professional, yeah. Yes, to be able to just try everything you know and to be mm-hmm. able to make mistakes and mm-hmm. and to learn and to really rely on your own knowledge and the work that you've done so far. So no matter what age you are, to be able to embrace that was just huge and i grew mm-hmm. with that company taking on another property and then another property so i grew from hr manager i did pay master work and then i grew into a hr director overseeing three properties at for that luxury resort so 16 mm-hmm. plus years of my experience has been in hospitality and hr directly growing in the ranks and because of that opportunity i created a career where I did a lot of molding. I would hire yeah. people young, hire people just as fresh and young as I was when I was given that opportunity. And that has allowed me to pour into the lives of so many HR professionals, see them grow to become HR managers and directors and, and have their own businesses. And mm-hmm. that's just been a, the greatest part of it all. And it all started just for being able to identify my purpose as an HR professional.
0: Wow, that's such a powerful story. Thank you so much for sharing that. I want to pick out a couple things that um, I heard you say as you were talking about your journey and your career. Um, first of all, you don't always have to have it all figured out right away because I think a lot of times we are we get nervous and we think like, oh, I need to know what I want to do now. But you don't um and so you could do a degree one way and then do your master's later down that's perfectly fine uh, having someone um, or an organization that believes in you and invests in you from early in your hr career uh, allowing you to take what you've learned so transfer the knowledge into practical and create great experiences and products and services for your, your organization and that they trust you. Yes. And the ability to be able to make mistakes and know that in making those mistakes you're learning and that it doesn't mean that you are not the expert. It doesn't mean that you're not good at what you do, but that you have a, a clear and a realistic view of what failure means on the job. Yes.
1: Yes, that's so, powerful. Oh, that's so important. Mm-hmm. Your confidence mm-hmm. is so tied yes. to that.
0: Mm-hmm. Because I hear a lot of um, HR people say, you know, especially after a few years in their career, they may lose their confidence. They feel like they don't have their voice. What are some of the recommendations that you would make to any HR professional who is struggling right now with confidence in their HR role? Because maybe they've made some mistakes and and they haven't had that opportunity to work with a leader who recognizes that we embrace mistakes as a learning
1: and not as a batting tool. Mm. Well, I would definitely, I'm glad you asked that question because that was one of the things I said I really want to make sure that mm-hmm. HR professionals are aware of. And I think before I answer that, it's really tied because most times our leverage begins when we start a working relationship, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're just, you know, applying for a new role or starting with a new company, or you're about to start working with a new company as an HR professional, it's so important to put in the disclaimer. And this disclaimer is what I used in my career that has saved me so many times. And that is to state what your stance is as an HR professional. The true essence of what we do is to represent both parties, right? And to be able Mm to guide and give business perspective as it relates to the human element or the resource that we have, and Mm -hmm. to also represent the the individuals. And so being able to say, I'm I like this job, I'm interested in it. But if I'm going to take this role, I need to I need you to understand that I have to be able to let you know when I don't agree with something. I have to be able to communicate to you clearly my feelings on this subject matter. Mm -hmm. And that you empower me at all times To do the right thing from the perspective of HR. Mm. It's your business, it's your company. Whatever decisions you make as a consequence, that's outside of me. However, I need the opportunity, the freedom, and the openness to be able to state this is not in line with HR standards. For me, that was important. And I laugh and look back because I was only 21 years old. I'm like, how did Mm -hmm. you even know to even say that? Yeah. That was important in my career because that gets challenged during your career. When decisions can be made or when you're saying something that's not the most popular decision or recommendation, Mm -hmm. your confidence can stand on that. So I would encourage you anytime you're shifting opportunities, stand in that. But your mistake making is a part of the process. Mm -hmm. And so don't lose hope and don't lose Momentum because you mm-hmm. didn't make a mistake. Some of the best learning experiences I have are through the mistakes through mistakes that I made. Yeah. If you're not making mistakes, I'm sorry, you're not growing. You're no. not growing in HR if you're not making a mistake. You're if you exactly don't have, right. you know, if you don't have a tribunal case or some weird situation that could lead to a legal challenge or concern, mm-hmm. you need that. Yes. when you have that it's that scare it's that experience that says what do i need to do to make sure that this doesn't happen the next yes. time around the next time. Yes. so be willing to do that be aware of the risk be calculated try to educate yourself on what the potential outcomes are by asking mm-hmm. yourself what's the worst thing that could happen if i don't handle this correctly yes. have i asked all the right questions have i consulted the right people are there other persons that i can communicate with i notice. In the Caribbean, especially and some other countries as well, people tend to not want to ask other HR professionals questions because they want them to say they don't, they want them to think that they're perfect and that they don't have any issues. And so, you'd rather make the mistake and deal with these ridiculous consequences, consequences but someone in the room that's already been through that and can save you a lot of headaches so.
0: yeah uh, it's, it's true i think it goes both ways i think a lot of times um especially if you're young in hr you're trying to prove yourself you don't feel like you need any help because the knowledge that you've gained in the degree was enough mm. until you get into hr and then you realize hold on a second this rodeo is not what the books painted it out to be it actually is a completely different rodeo I I don't know what this is and that's when you realize you need people yes and because you need people does not mean that you are less than yes but just as you said I love what you said the opportunity to learn through other people's mistakes um, and failures makes you the better person that you could be the better professional that you could be. And so my next question ties to that. What advice would you give to our young and upcoming HR professionals who are listening to this in terms of getting help? Where are the practical ways that you would recommend for them to get that help? I mean, I know where I would send people, but I want to hear from you. And then the other piece of this is the people who are in, in, have skin in the game. In HR, mm-hmm. So we've, we've been here for maybe five, ten years, but we've developed this thick exterior that we won't let other people in because we feel we have to let everybody know we're okay. We've got this. Mm. To let anybody else in means we don't and we're inferior. Talk to the people. Okay,
1: so... I would start by saying this. Uh, one of the things that I remember, especially as a young HR professional, was this concept of feeling like you have to be the superhero and you have to do every single thing. Yes. It goes beyond the borders of HR work, but leadership, helping managers discipline their staff, like mm-hmm. hand-by-hand holding, those type of processes. And so knowing that you don't have to do every single thing and it is okay. Outsourcing is your friend. Yes. But A lot of times we don't want to outsource things because we feel that that's some kind of indicator that we can't do what Mm -hmm. we need to do well. And you burn yourself out in that angle because there's just too many things to do. And even when you outsource something, your involvement is still great. Your involvement in the decision making, the guiding of the processes that are going to happen, whether that's outsourcing of recruitment, outsourcing of training and development. These are things that are going to help you as an HR person yeah. shine brighter. When you can outsource some of these mechanical processes and still have your hand in it, mm-hmm. so know that you can do that without any challenge at all. And I would say to our senior HR professionals, the younger generation, just by just by description and guide and 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 style, they naturally want to be independent, and they know they want to prove themselves, and they want to blaze their own trail but as senior persons we need to allow ourselves to be approachable we Mm -hmm. need to extend ourselves to provide insight there needs to be more mentorships there's young people that want to know how to do things but they don't know how (laughs) where to begin and so i think mentoring opportunities would be a great way for the younger generation to connect and really see what the whole scope of things are and i and i think for the young professional Understanding that there's educational expertise, but then there's the power of experience. Yeah, so knowing that no matter how brilliant you are and how well you are able to command the curriculum of HR and what we've studied, you're still going to need the insight, and that combination is powerful. Yes. But you can take senior HR professional who might not have a degree because a lot of our senior HR professionals came in at a time where degrees weren't praised. So they may not have a degree, but they have such a wealth of knowledge. Knowledge. that Mm -hmm. Combined with your innovation, combined with your knowledge of new processes and new technology and software, now you're heading in the direction of a really good hold on the entire scope of what HR looks like. And so next question, What do I do as an HR professional to grow, to learn? There are so many resources out there now. They weren't out there when we came in to say, you know, we came in, it was just a college book. I've told that textbook went with me for many years. Uh huh. Uh -huh. And now you're in a tech, you're in a place where you have resources like Academy of HR, you Mm -hmm. have, you have, um, Cornell does a really good solid certificate in HR courses. You Mm -hmm. have, even at your fingertips, even LinkedIn, it's just, LinkedIn is simple for just getting the mindset established on what Mm -hmm. HR looks like, what HR strategy looks like. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of resources at your fingertips that you can tap into. You have, look, I don't, I'm not trying to plug you, Julie, but it's true. You have Julie that has these programs, these programs that, and I've referred a lot of (laughs) clients that way because- (laughs) The combination of just the foundation, but also yeah. the analytics, right? We're in yeah. a new time now where you have to have analytic understanding. And so yes. senior and uh, line professionals who are just coming in HR mm-hmm. need that knowledge. And that's a common ground because both areas need it, right? It's not like it's oh, yes. more knowledgeable than the other. That's so- true. We're both coming in saying we need it. So that's a bonding experience. That's a great opportunity to start there and say, okay, let's strengthen our analytic skills together. And now I can celebrate what you brought to the table and you can celebrate what I've brought to the table. That's powerful. So a meeting of the minds and the connection Mm -hmm. is really based on knowing that I need to trust the experience of the seniors and seniors. I need to trust and respect the Mm -hmm. wealth of knowledge that comes from a young, innovative mind with new recent training on what standards of HR is
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh wow super powerful thank you so much for sharing all of those resources and examples and I know that our listeners are fully appreciating everything that you've shared with us today and thank you for the plug I appreciate it <laughs> and, and a huge shout out to the Academy to Innovate HR um, I am a huge fan I mean yes I am a, a partner but I am a a huge fan of the work that they do. And I know that they're very thoughtful around developing HR professionals at any level in the organization. And I just, I really do love their work and I'm glad that I get to be a part of that process as well with them. Um, And that's what empowered me to, or inspired me to create my group coaching program is surrounded by their curriculum but knowing that i nice. have their support in that is is super powerful as well so usually at this point i would ask my guests what are you reading watching listening to right now that you think our audience would appreciate but it would be remiss of me not to mention that you miss Tersa, are uh, an author. ah <laughs> Con- congratulations to you Thank you. And let's talk a little bit about your book. Tell us what it's called and what it's about.
1: Okay. So the title of the book is right behind. It's I, I Ultra see Ultra it. Impact. I'm waiting and, for my signed copy patiently. Yes. It's on its way. It's on its way. The <laughs> Culture Impact is basically a great compilation. It's actually a, a joint author pro- project and it's a great mm-hmm. combination of strategies all designed to enhance the workplace and help organizations embrace culture. We know culture is the buzzword of today and the insight and the understanding is so critical for the time that we are in. You know, yes. as HR professionals, we've always had a keen eye and attention on people. But mm-hmm. now you're looking at, you know, the emergence of five different generations. The young yes. Gen Z is giving HR a run for its money. It's- oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> they ain't playing. No, they're not. They're totally changing mm-hmm. the game. And so I particularly love the fact that the statistics show that the younger generation, which is the future of what HR will represent, yeah. you know, 76% of them place culture as a decision-making factor on whether they stay with an organization or not. That's true. So with that statistic being so heavy, culture is not an option anymore. It is mm-hmm. something that's mandatory. And so businesses and leaders that might have led with an iron fist or use force or coercion or mm-hmm. you know threatening to lose your job to be able to get the results they need now have to innovate the way they do that and so mm-hmm. this book has 12 authors giving you 12 different perspectives on culture my chapter is on impactful leadership which i believe mm-hmm. is critical to culture oh, being yeah. maintained because the leaders are the ones who drive it if the leaders yes. are not in tune with who they are who mm-hmm. they represent, if they're not in tune and willing to make the commitment, then they're not going to get that fulfilled sense of belonging. And people are not staying on jobs just because of pay, contrary no. to popular belief. Correct. They're staying in a place where they can see themselves represented. They're mm-hmm. staying in a place where they can see their purpose for themselves, being able to be lived out while at work or while yes. being employed at work. And yes. so work flexibility, all of these concepts are greatly tied into what the future of the culture will have to look like. And statistics, we just looked at, and I love me some statistics. I love them. Gallup's recent poll, Mm -hmm. the world study on culture. And 67%, don't quote me exactly on the number in case I got it wrong, but 67% of businesses post-pandemic have Mm -hmm. already outlined that they're using culture as a competitive advantage. Mm-hmm. And when you have that happening, if you're not doing it, guess who is? Yeah, <laughs> the competition. it's true. So your culture and culture is not a simple process. It is a transformation process. Most of the transformations that we do takes nine months to actually be able to get it and to be able to start to stick. So if you're not doing it, it's something that you have to pay attention to now. So this touches everything from. You know, being the inner critic that you're struggling with when you criticize yourself and your leadership and and how that ties to culture, teams, how that ties to culture, branding, Mm -hmm. how that ties to culture. And as a company, you're going to have to brand yourself for retention and your retention strategies are only going to be as good as what your organization represents and how high performers are attracting other people within the workspace. So Mm -hmm. I think this is really critical to any HR professional because of course, now that culture is the focus, they're looking to us to make the magic happen. In in addition to all the million other things that we do as HR professionals, Mm -hmm. they're looking for us to lead the way. And so we have to be really sound on, you know, what that looks like and how to connect the dots.
0: I definitely agree. I was actually being a little bit nerdy and I went to, um, Look for (laughs) the paper that you were talking about, but it is, yeah, Gallup. What we think your culture, your best culture already exists. So it's under culture transformation. And I love how they start this out by saying culture is the key to long term success. Maybe you have strong ideas about what your culture should be, or maybe not sure where to start. So here they're giving you a start. And the statistics, yes, are definitely stark when we think about the fact that organizations are recognizing that culture is the competitive advantage Mm. and then in this part they say simply put when your culture is wrong when your culture is wrong Mm. employees and customers leave so not just employees but your customers leave yes And when you get it right you're able to attract better candidates retain your most talented people, increase engagement and productivity, improve employee well-being and safety, enhance diversity, equity, and inclusion, and deliver the best possible customer service. Because happy employees equal happy customers, right? When your employees are happy... When they have exactly what you said, that secret sauce of feeling that they understand the purpose of the organization, where they fit into that, and how they're able to live their lives in a balanced way besides an outside of work, you will have the best employee who will give your customers the best experience, which then equals retained customers, loyal yes. customers who will keep coming back. And will probably bring others into the business and, and the organizations that don't get that are the organizations that will continuously
1: struggle. Yes. And they will struggle more than they've struggled before, struggled before because now they're going to see, and that's, that's yes. what I talk about in the book. There was yeah. you know, people that were hitting their targets year yeah. after year, beating their targets, collecting the bonus. Mm-hmm. And they have been doing the same methodology, but it's not working. And they're like, yes. what is going on? Because now mm-hmm. you have to actually connect with people. They, they they want, even the customer, as you mentioned, they don't just want mm-hmm. customer service No they want experience and they want to yes. personalize. Exactly.
0: So there's a huge difference between customer service and customer experience. Yes. And I, I want to share this um very quickly. <laughs> but there there is a there was a presentation that I heard once that was given by a guy who who is the I think he runs the head of marketing for Disney. And mm. he talked about, you know, as you create an experience in your organization, think about something as simple as a car wash. And you say that you're taking your car to get washed, you know, you know, you know that you're going to need shampoo, you're going to need sponges, um, you're going to need soap to wash the car. Fine. Now, let's say we were taking our car for a valet or a spa treatment, right? (laughs) It sounds different now. We've gone from a service to an experience, right? Because we're going to put in different scents to make the car smell better. It's going to be vacuum. We're mm-hmm. polishing down the dashboard and the steering wheel, and we're getting into the console. And yes. your car really is getting the love and attention that it deserves. And he said that when Disney moved from thinking about their customers Um, as just customers, but actually thinking about them as, you know, family members coming into the space. And they thought about their employees, not just as employees, but that they are actors in the space and they are creating all of these different experiences. He said that the sales for Disney increased exponentially when they just changed the way of thinking about a service versus yes. an experience and yes. i feel when when we talk about culture that's the shift that we're making we're not just talking about hiring people and giving them job descriptions and then they just give an output but we're talking about creating experiences of belonging and yes. and under, clear understanding of vision and strategy and how you played a part in that as an individual in the organization it's It's a completely different verbiage that we're putting towards the experience that we're creating which is why I have always been a huge advocate of saying that we're not just HR we're not we're not just human resources and we're not human capital either I Mm. almost when I hear the word human capital I think of a cattle ranch yes (laughs) i think of someone running a cattle ranch for me i think of people experience i think of people operations and i i never i think for the last and i thank kalila alokanola for this but i think for the last five years i've referred to myself as a people experience architect Ah, i create experiences for people in the workplace. I try to create the best experiences for people in the workplace.
1: Yes. Not,
0: I don't refer to myself as human resources. I don't refer to myself as a human capital. I think about people experience and I am a people experience architect. Yes. And I engineer experiences with the support of a supportive leadership team Yes, um, that helps us to create a space of belonging and community, not family. I am a huge advocate of what Simon Sinek says about community versus family, you know, family, everybody bickers and stuff, but you know, when we're a community, uh, we're a community of people with the same with shared goals and outcomes, we may have differing thoughts, but we respect those differences because that's what helps us to make the organization greater. We must have diversity of thought. Yes all of those things there are are what get me excited about yes. the people operations or the people experience space i almost hate to say um hr which makes me think i need to reconsider <laughs> calling my
1: podcast hr so, oh, but, hey. I like that. <laughs> see, we're seeing slight changes there when yes. you see those vp roles and those mm-hmm. um those role change from vp of hr to you know people people yes. culture people culture yeah. emphasis now emerging that people understand that, you know, we definitely well long away from personnel practices and exactly. we're in the full element. But I love this time because this time yes. is really about the people and it the is. people. It's something I call, I I recently was speaking at a human capital summit. And one of the things, the theories I call it is, I call it the pendulum of advantage, right? And when we go through crisis in life, the pendulum Mm -hmm. swings from the advantage of the business or to the advantage of the people yes. because of what's happening. And so when the business is in control they lead with these statistics, this is what we need. The employee mm-hmm. says, I hope I can get a job so I can have a piece of this pie. I don't want to lose my job, so I will conform to the demands. But yeah. when the pendulum swings in the advantage of the people, the people are saying, job security is no longer a fear for me anymore. Yeah. I've mm-hmm. just experienced that. And who yeah. was I stuck in the house with for three months? It was the family that I was sacrificing time to be away from. And yes. so now I'm in, I'm in control now and I mm-hmm. want a better sense of work belonging. I want yes. some balance. I want some remote hybrid experiences mm-hmm. so I can no longer neglect that. And when companies embrace that opportunity yes. and find the healthy medium, you mm-hmm. get employees that are motivated and putting more into their work, which absolutely like you said, spells right back into the productivity and the bottom line yes definitely oh my goodness so guys go out and get this book definitely a good investment if you're wondering and we're wondering where to start it's an yep. easy read i think i read it three times already on the airplane the plane, because i like to really absorb yeah. everything that is in there and mm-hmm. again we as knowledgeable as we are, it's something about manifestation and putting things into writing, right? You're forty yes. percent more likely to execute something you put into writing or you exactly you're in physical writing. So I always encourage yeah. you know, people to do that. Take your time and, and um enjoy the read. It's an easy read, it's a good read. And I'm not just mm-hmm. saying that. <laughs> it
0: really is. It's a good read. <laughs> I Believe you. So we'll definitely be picking up the culture impact books. Really love it. Thank you. <laughs> So I gotta ask you the big question. You're so busy running (laughs) your business, taking care of a family. What do you do to take care of you?
1: Mm, That's a very-
0: Anyone who follows Teresa on Instagram might have some insights. Like if I was to guess, I would say that, you know, you love music and so getting to concerts and having that experience I think is one. And you also love exercise.
1: So those would be like two things for me. And I, th- and I think you love to eat good food. Ooh, You got some good insight there, Julie. Um, yeah. I definitely love music. I think for as an HR professional, music has helped me in so many ways, just tune out the world or get back yeah. to my happy space. And so mm-hmm. as HR people, you have to know what you love and what makes you happy and never lose that. Use every yeah. opportunity to rebuild. Because we listen to everyone's problems and challenges and then we get brainwashed. Yes. We got to fill up on the things we love. My newest mm-hmm. therapy has been karaoke. Ooh, <laughs> I love some karaoke. Wow. I practice at home. And so by the time I, when I, I mostly sing when I'm in Turks and Caicos, when I'm back in my home country. So uh-huh. when I'm there, I get to practice all the songs I've been practicing in the house. What? You can do that on YouTube on the TV now. It's like, you true. Know, it's true. Anywhere. Yeah. And me, I like, and I love all genres of music from country to Um, Mm -hmm. everything i love love music and i love words so when the Mm -hmm. words are powerful and encouraging you know i have a little hr comfort Mm. playlist and whenever it got when things got too rough especially when i was in operations i used to use that playlist stuff yes so i love i love music i love concerts because i love music yeah and i love um i like i like dressing up i actually like a girl Mm-hmm. Um, really, I don't get to do it as often, especially mm-hmm. when you're working from home. You have to have real, you know, yeah. motivation <laughs> to up just to sit in true one's going to see you. Mm-hmm. But I love people, so I like to be around people. And mm-hmm. I, I've I really, in the course of this last t- two years, learned to love myself more than anything else. Yeah. And so my bubbly personality used to be something I would kind of tone down a lot around people because wow. people would be like why are you like that? Are you really like that? Now Mm -hmm. I love who I am. I embrace that. And when I'm in training or I'm working with people, I'm like, are you wondering if I'm like this all the time? I'm like this This all the time. time. It's me. So (laughs) I love just connecting with people. And so I love Mm -hmm. being on a social media site. It's it's fun for me. It's reaching people and really just, I like, I have this thing where I always say meet people where they are. Yes. So I like to see people be comfortable where they are. If you're an Mm -hmm. introvert, I love that about you. Be comfortable where you are. And I'll show you how to do more things with that. Mm -hmm. If you're someone that is a process person, you just like to follow tasks. I love that about you because I'm not that kind of person and I don't know where I would be without you. Mm -hmm. And so I want you to know that all of us have things that are great about us that no one else can do. And there are going to be things you see other people do that you can't do. And you sometimes wonder or wish you could do it. But we all have these gifts for a reason. And so Mm -hmm. just be happy with who you are, what you do, Mm -hmm. love life. I have some of the most challenging things happen to me in my life. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. a mom of autistic twins. My life is by no extension easy. But I am a firm believer of just being able to find joy Mm -hmm. in life. And if you can't find joy in what you're doing, then you need to do some you need to redirect right yeah and you may not always be able to find a job that makes everything about it exciting. Everything has mm-hmm. a little catch twenty two that's true, but if you can't find it at work, you better find it in the community you better yeah. find it in, in in somewhere else at home find your joy and just live in it that's that's, right. that's really it I just love that
0: there. oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I think all, I think, I can't think of any HR professional who doesn't have, like, a go-to music list. Like, what are some of the things on yours? What's on
1: your playlist? Okay, my favorite song, and it's a kid's song, I don't know, but it's, my favorite mm-hmm. song right now is Try Everything. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it's from the Ma- Madagascar 2 movie. Okay. She sings it, and it's, ah. it's named you know, basically she the song is talking about going through a challenge and I lost a fight and I didn't do mm-hmm. it and I didn't go well, but I'm going to take a deep breath and I won't give up. I mm-hmm. won't give in until I reach the end and, and I'll start. Yeah. I don't want to believe. I, I, I want to try everything. I want to try even though I know I could fail. So mm-hmm. for me, it's like, you know, giving away the fear, letting go yeah. of the fear and just knowing that you can do it. Knowing mm-hmm. that it's a po- a po- it's possible, I'm unstoppable. I like that song too. Um, you know, yeah. course yes, I love that because we need that affirming spirit mm-hmm. and then to be able to know that we have everything we ever needed in life is within us. Yes, and we have what we need to be able to accomplish everything. And I mm-hmm. think that's the thing that most of us are missing. Right? We are mm-hmm. we're around friends and stuff, but not everyone is encouraging you, especially if you appear as someone who has it under control. So If you're someone who's a strong person who don't doesn't really show people that you're struggling, then you're not going to get that encouragement from everyone else because they think you have it under control. So those Mm -hmm. songs are like my go to's, especially if people aren't really detecting what I'm struggling with, because I'm leading in joy to be able to lift my spirits up and to say, you know, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to have moments. It's okay. I said that the other day on my story. I was like, it's okay to cry. We all mm-hmm. have moments. And you got to You You're not a robot. So. No. Embracing those moments and using music to help build you. And I believe in that self-fulfilling prophecy. The more you listen to that, the more yeah. you feel like you're a conqueror yes. and you can get into life. And that's, mm-hmm. music is everything, man. Yes, it really is. It is. is.
0: Music is life. I definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing. Sure. So last big question. What is the biggest misconception about HR that really bothers you? Do you want to set the record straight on right here, right now?
1: Mm, I know there are a lot. What I really want to say is that HR cares, period, point Mm -hmm. blank, period. And we are not a reflection of the decisions that a company or business or organization chooses to make. Mm -hmm. We love our jobs. And I can pretty much attest to every HR professional (sighs) that I know who has an HR role genuinely wants to do what's best for the employee and for the company in balance. They have the best intentions and we don't have the lines of authority that people think we do. When Mm -hmm. someone is terminated, HR does not terminate people. That's the biggest misconception I think I've seen ever. We are the ultimate blame for whether someone is released from work or not, or the decisions that companies make. And Mm -hmm. so know that that HR professional that you have there. Even if they don't tell you the steps that they're making, most times they are making the steps, they're asking the questions, and they're trying to get proper resolution. Yes. So rather than assume or blame them for whatever the outcome is, take a moment to experience that that, that yeah. could be happening. Yeah. And you know, it's not only just HR's just one person, right? Because that's another thing that I think is yeah. a big challenge in the world if you come to see HR and they're not available or they're in a meeting, if it's a 500 company, employee company, and there's one HR professional, there's 500 of you with concerns and one individual. Now Mm -hmm. imagine that one individual dealing with 500 concerns. Yeah. Right. So have some sympathy, some understanding, some empathy for what an HR person balances and the battle that they face on a daily. Because if your role is a mediator, you can guarantee that every single day someone is not going to be so excited right. about the perspective you're giving. Because yes. if you say to the company, this is not the right way, they're annoyed because they can't proceed. If they say to you, you're the employee, that is not the appropriate behavior, then you're now upset. Yeah. So trust in that. You don't have to love HR, but the respect for the job that they do, which is not an easy job. It's not an easy job. It, it definitely to be is upheld. not. Yes. And never stop sharing your concerns or your questions to HR. Yeah. Never stop that. If mm-hmm. you feel like it's not going anywhere, that's still the first step. Even if yeah. you did it in HR, you feel like nothing happened with it. That's still the first step. Because we want to know what your concerns are. And your concerns mm-hmm. and your expressing of those are usually the first steps towards change. Because yes. Everything has levels and layers to it. But mm-hmm. trust me, you won't go into HR unless you genuinely have an interest. Correct. It's in balancing I- that bridge. Otherwise, yes. you won't take the job at all. So if they're sitting in that That's seat, true. they're sitting in that seat because they want to make a difference. So Exactly. Them. Exactly. I couldn't have said
0: it better. Uh, I I actually was talking to someone about that just yesterday and I was saying, you know, it takes a special kind of person to take up and say, I want to be in HR because you, you're you giving mainly from your heart most days. Yes. That's not easy and it can be very exhausting. Mm-hmm. You're You're listening to different stories and experiences and that's not easy. And you're dealing with people who sometimes just don't see the bigger picture can be very one-sided can be difficult. Um, and you're dealing with all of those people, whereas, you know, an employee comes in with one problem with one manager and you're dealing with six managers who have a similar problem. Um, so just, I, I really do appreciate you saying, you know, just understand the full picture before you decide to blame HR Categorically, thank you so much for that. Of course, course. so tell our audience where can they find Teresa Hall if they want to interact with you, connect with you, learn more from you about you. Where can
1: they go? All right. So, if you want to find Teresa Hall, you can find me on almost every platform. But the main ones that you'll find me on every day is LinkedIn, followed by Instagram. I also dabble in Facebook, not a lot. So. LinkedIn and Instagram, sometimes mm-hmm. I, I pop back on TikTok for my young generation HRs because <laughs> a lot of them love that. Yeah. Um, so if you're looking for more interactive stuff, that's usually where I'm at TikTok and Instagram. And then LinkedIn mm-hmm. really captures my full platform. You can mm-hmm. also find my website, www.tearsahalt.com. And there's my basis of the work that I do but I love interacting. I love messaging, chatting, any, mm-hmm. you know, I'm usually on top of those things. So if you want to reach out to me about anything um, details about the book, what I do, just general HR questions. I have a lot of people that ask that, Yeah. you know, working with Forbes, Forbes HR council, I get a lot of questions on that. So yeah, anything like mm-hmm. that, feel free to reach out as Julie always said, we are in this to make a difference. I went into HR consulting and, and, and doing the work that I do because i believe that HR professionals need support, right? And yep. so outsourcing those skills and those responsibilities so that you can focus on the heart of what you what you need to without the headache. And Julie's doing mm-hmm. the same thing and, and making sure that you're taking care of your mental state. You're making sure that you're making decisions for yourself and you're learning mm-hmm. how to pivot and you're learning the foundation of what HR brings. Like that's our that's our heart's purpose and passion, to make sure that people are supported and have what they need. We don't want you to leave the field because we love HR, yeah. but if you want to leave it because you feel that's the best, then find something that matches with who you are. But that's where our basis is, support, understanding. Yeah. And so I'm always open to that. Definitely. Thank you so much for sharing. And with all of that
0: being said, my friend, you have survived your time in the south booth today. Thank you so much for being here. It was an absolute pleasure to finally sit down and chat with you. And I'm looking forward to many more conversations like this. My door is always open. Come back and talk to us anytime. I know there's a lot of HR stuff that we can talk about.
1: Awesome. HR forever. That's right.
0: Thank you for joining me for this episode of HR Off. I hope that you found it useful. You can find this and all other episodes of HR Off on all major podcast platforms. Spotify, Apple, Amazon, you name it, we're there. Remember, HR Off is created by HR professionals for HR professionals. If you would like to share your story, then reach out to us and let us know. Make sure to hit the notification bell and subscribe to HR Soundoff on YouTube as well as Podbean, and we'll see you again when we next sound off.